Uh, a personal dream of mine uh, has been to see a conference like this happen. Uh, and I can't go uh, any further without thanking uh, His Eminence and His Grace for their uh, Episcopal blessing uh, of being here, the, the, um, uh, the incarnation uh, of the Episcopacy that is the center of our faith, that is an icon of our Lord Jesus Christ in our midst. I don't want... I, I'll run a few rabbit trails, tough. It, it's, it's worth it, I hope, but uh, it's good for us. The mystery of the church is the continual mystery of the incarnation of God in flesh in His world. This is the blessing of our understanding of the church. There's an old, say, there's an old story about a little girl in a bedroom during a thunderstorm. And it was a bad thunderstorm outside and she was all by herself and mom and dad were in their bedroom next to hers and a big thunderclap happened right outside her window and she cried out, Mommy, Mommy, I'm scared. Please come get me. I'm so scared of the thunder. And mommy said, Oh, honey, don't you worry. Jesus is right there with you. You don't need to be afraid. Jesus is right there with you. A few minutes later and the thunderstorm got a little stronger and a big clap of thunder again hit right outside her window. And she cried out, Daddy, Daddy, please, I'm so scared. I'm so scared, Daddy. Please come get me. I'm afraid of this thunder. And Dad responded from the bedroom, Honey, don't you worry. Jesus is right there with you. And a few minutes later, another huge thunderclap, I mean right outside the window, shook the windows of the whole house. The loud sound was right there. Mommy, Daddy, I am so scared. Would you please come and get me? And mom and dad in unison, sweetie, don't you worry. Jesus is right there with you. The little girl cried out again, but yes, mommy, daddy, I know Jesus is right here with me, but I need something with some skin on it. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you are Jesus with skin on it in the church. This is the reason why it is, as an old saying, you can take the boy out of the Pentecostal church. Bless him, Jesus. You know why they put me after lunch, don't you? That's, that's so nobody goes to sleep. The reality is, Jesus Christ commanded us to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love God first and foremost, and then love our neighbor as ourselves. It, it, watch me in the face here, folks. It is inherently satanic and unloving of us to withhold the greatest treasure God has ever given to a human in withholding our faith from our neighbor. It is not Christian. More than that, it's not orthodox. We are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are called to share our faith. And I'm convinced if St. Paul were around today, he would be a Facebook king. <laughs> He'd be on YouTube. He'd be using every tool at his disposal to share this faith. Not because 
any of this technology has any kind of magic to it because it doesn't. Technology is like a hammer. Everybody seen a hammer before? You ever seen a hammer? Hammer's a nice thing. I've even used one two or three times. Didn't care for it. <coughs> hammer is a tool. It is neither good nor bad. It is how it's used that makes it good or bad. Technology is a tool. It is neither good nor bad. It is how it's used. If I allow technology to be my master, I have given my freedom over to a thing that is not Orthodox Christianity. But if I take the technology and baptize it and use it for the glory of God, glory to God. That's exactly what they said about the printing press, too, as well. Oh, we can't, that technology, what are we going to do? Well, pretty soon everybody's going to have a Bible. Yay. <laughs> and the reality is, brothers and sisters, what you're sitting on is each of your parishes are sitting on a media-producing factory. You're already doing it. The only problem is you're not recording it. And that's the weakness. But I want you to listen to something. This is something... And I'm going to have to go to my, my screen a couple of times just to show you some stuff. I can't talk about using media without using media, so I'm going to use some media. Monday through Friday, we do a daily devotional, a little five-minute daily devotional on the, script, the gospel lesson or the epistle lesson of the day that's published uh, through the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese. By the way, if you don't know goarch.org, uh, you're not keeping up with what all your church is doing to help you stay Orthodox on purpose. Uh, and one of the reasons why I did this Monday through Friday devotional is I was tired of hearing men and women talk about the faith as if it were only a Sunday event. The fact of the matter is being orthodox on purpose means that I'm orthodox seven days a week. And I wanted to help men and women to just handle the scriptures on a daily basis. So Monday through Friday we do a daily devotional through Ancient Faith Radio. We're so grateful, by the way, for Ancient Faith Radio and their partnership with, uh, with the Bringing Orthodoxy to America program. John Maddox, uh, my friend and, and co-worker, is here with us today, and uh, very grateful to God for him, and appreciate your work very much, John. <laughs> Just to give you a little hint about how powerful that is, I got an email message from um, Australia two weeks ago. Dear Father Barnabas, wanted to say thank you for the, me the media ministry that you're doing. My mother was very suspicious of us becoming Orthodox. But I told her, because they were all Pentecostals before, by the way, if you can't tell, I used to be a Pentecostal before I learned to read. <laughs> uh, I mean, before I became Orthodox. Um, <clears throat> this family had been Pentecostal, and the, the, the son and the daughter-in-law and the children had become Orthodox. And so the, they found out about uh, some of the stuff that I'd been doing. And so they let mom listen to that. And so they wrote me and they said, Father, we just wanted to thank you. Mom was received into the church last week. I don't care if I ever do another thing, folks. I'm finished. That's heaven. I'm done. Thank you, Jesus. But I want you to listen to this. This is a little devotional that we do Monday through Friday. It's called Faith Encouraged Daily. And let's pray that all of my technology works here. This is Faith Encouraged Daily with Father Barnabas Powell. It is the sweet, simple things of life which are the real ones after all. Well, that's so says the author of Little House on the Prairie, Laura Ingalls Wilder. And, and I love the old Shaker hymn that says, "'Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down where we ought to be." 
Uh, but life is so very often <laughs> not simple, is it? It's complicated and difficult and filled with so many motivations all mixed together and hard to tease out the good from the bad. So, how do we live in this complicated world with the truth that the simple things are the best things? Well, first we have to be wise enough and humble enough to discern what those simple things are. And you're not going to do that by yourself. You're going to need the humility to learn wisdom from those who came before you. And then you're going to have to do the disciplines of that wisdom to be able to tell the simple from the deceptively complicated. If you do this, you'll be free from the delusions that can complicate everybody's life. Uh, look at our lesson today in Galatians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. Brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the stumbling block of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would mutilate themselves, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such... That's today's devotional, by the way, folks. And you can go to uh, faithandcourage.org and sign up, or you can sign up right out here, actually. We've got a, 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 um, a, a, an iPad. You can sign up to get the daily devotional and be a part of that. We, we send out the daily devotional to about 1,000 people a day. And I'm very excited about watching and seeing the growth. Come on, uh, iPad. There we go. Thank you very much. About seeing the growth of the media stuff. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but I just wanted to give you a little taste of what we're doing Monday through Friday. The talk is entitled, Utilizing Media to Make Disciples and Invite Guests. Now, here's the challenge that I want to do, though. I want you to remember that it's not enough to simply invite people to church. It's not enough to simply put the media out there and have folks, okay, well, folks, here we are. I mean, for years, I'm, I'm, my, my experience has been becoming orthodox is very much like a lot of converts to the faith. We did a lot of ex exploration uh, before we even uh, came to the orthodox church in the first place. But one of the things that seems to be very common among convert stories is it is very rare that we hear that the orthodox came to get us. We had to knock on the door. Can we come in? Not by the hair of your... No, that's all right. <laughs> I'll tell you one quick story. My first coffee hour after I converted to the faith, I had my name tag on my, on my shirt, and this precious little lady came up to me, precious lady, sweet lady, came up to me and she said, Paul, Paul, is not a Greek name. I said, no, ma'am, my family is Welsh and Irish. Well, what are you doing here? <laughs> Don't you have your own church to go to? 
And I said, listen, if I'd have had a camera, the look on this precious woman's face would have just would have made the perfect book cover for any. I mean, it'd just be wonderful. I looked at her and said, oh, dear, this is my church. <laughs> what? Why? You see, Yaya was not upset with me. She was thrilled I was there. She was happy. We became dear friends. She didn't, she told me later, she said, Barnabas, I'm Greek. I have no choice. I have to be here. <laughs> Why would you choose to do this? Years later, after being a priest, now I understand why she asked me that. <laughs> what have you done? But it was great fun to spend time with her and help her understand just what an outsider fell in love with in coming to the Orthodox Church. I was a Protestant pastor for many years, a Pentecostal pastor for many years. And while I was in the evangelical Protestant world, I did Christian media for some of the big evangelical Protestant ministries of the country. And I, I won't drop any names, but it's, it's irrelevant anyway. But the point is, I'd spent years doing this and trying to do it well. And the reality is, brothers and sisters, our evangelical Protestant brothers and sisters uh, spend a lot of money every year. The ministry that I work, last worked at as a consultant and, and, um, and on staff was a ministry that had, at that time, during the early 90s, an annual income of $72 million a year. That was just the media ministry. That's not the church that, he, that, that the man was pastoring. The church was separate from the media ministry. The $72 million a year was the media budget, and, and we were required by the board of directors of that ministry to spend 50 cents out of every dollar buying media time so that this message could be disseminated as far as possible, nationally and internationally, radio and television, internet, print. I sent 4 million magazines out every month that were devotionals, 4 million. And so... Uh, by the way, now their annual budget is close to $97 million a year. So the reality is one Southern Baptist media ministry has a larger media budget than all of our Orthodox churches combined in all of their budgets. And we wonder why in the world we send our children out into that world and wonder why do they think, well, Orthodoxy must be kind of irrelevant. It never shows up in anything. That has to change, ladies and gentlemen, because it's not moral for our children to believe that they have any reason to hang their head because they're orthodox. The reality is, we got here first. I had one man ask me one time, he said, he said Father, you, you people, you, you, you're praying to dead people and you, 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 you kiss pictures and you, 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 you worship Mary. And I said, boy, I don't even... Are you sure you're talking about orthodoxy? Because we don't do any of that stuff. Everybody I ask to pray for me is alive. Even the folks in heaven, they're still alive. We don't believe in dead people anymore. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, trampling down death by death. I said, I don't understand why you were and, and worship Mary. No, no, no. I just learned you don't ever fuss and you don't ever, you don't ever insult a man's mama. <laughs> just don't do that. Don't insult a man's mother. That's a quick way to get in a bloody nose, folks. And all this other stuff you say, and I said, besides, when was, did your movement start? Oh, we're very old. 1902. I said, son, we got pairs of socks older than that. 
we were here first. But we have to be willing to engage the culture that we're in. One of the most powerful statements of King David in the book of Acts, when the Apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he said that King David was faithful to his generation. And part of being faithful to our generation is to realize that media and technical abilities to communicate are off the charts nowadays. Everybody, that little camera, that, that little phone that you're carrying in your pocket is a portable TV studio now. And that's what's going on. So, what are we going to do? How are we going to use this? Why isn't your church growing? Look at this statistic. 82% of the unchurched say they would come if someone they know invited them, they'd come to church. But only 2% of American Christians invite people per year to church. The math is plain. Now add to that the very fact that we Orthodox think that normal orthodoxy means we don't ever say anything to anybody about anything. That's not normal orthodoxy. That's not the tradition of the orthodox faith. It may be, it's, it's, uh, I, I want to encourage you folks, the gift of orthodoxy, and one of the reasons why I became orthodox was because of the power of the communal memory of the orthodox faith. I wanted to be connected to something larger than myself, and I needed that. Do you understand? I need that for my salvation. Disconnected from the history and the communal memory of the church, I run the risk of making final decisions about important eternal matters without all the information. If I do that, I hurt my own soul. Now imagine this. In one of the most religious countries in the world, certainly the most religious first world country, our nation is packed with spiritually hungry men and women. Men and women you know. Men and women you work with. Men and women you live next door to. They are spiritually starving to death. Can you please tell me what will our response be to the king of the universe on that awesome and powerful judgment seat of Christ that we pray for at every litany? Do you remember that verse? Do you remember that prayer? For a Christian end to our lives, peaceful, free of shame and suffering, and for the right answer before the awesome judgment seat of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Kyrieleison. What am I going to say to my neighbor when I had all the spiritual food that any human would ever need and I never shared it with another person, especially another person who was hungry for it? Anybody? Yeah, I know. It, it, it ain't nothing to say. Uh, the, the only thing I would suggest is, Lord, have mercy. Because that's the only thing we can say. All right. Our challenge to go where people are. Now I want you to know, look at this. These are the, the latest statistics that we have. On Facebook, Facebook has 1.65 billion monthly users. Twitter has 310 million monthly active users. Instagram has more than 400 million monthly active users. Snapchat, the fastest growing. Some of you are looking like, oh, oh, Father, I, you lost me at Facebook. But this is, the, this is the world your children are in. If you want to know why your kids are disconnecting from the faith, it's because orthodoxy doesn't show up in the place where they are. Doesn't show up in the place where they are. Huh? You've been Snapchatting the conference. Look at there, see? YouTube has over a billion users. I'm one of the YouTubers. 
Add to this the media consumption of radio and TV, and you have a culture saturated with media. This includes most of your parishioners and all of your kids. Every one of them. I have a four-year-old daughter. Katarina Anna is absolutely convinced she can't be more than five inches away from her screen at all times. To the point where we're having to watch her very carefully. Now I want you to look at this here. Here's how we started tackling the opportunity. I hope this plays. We started recording the weekly homilies and since 2012 we've posted 165 homilies on YouTube and we have over 2,000 subscribers that get an email about new homilies every week. And our videos have been viewed almost 150,000 times since 2012. Now I don't know about you guys, that's a pretty big church. Now let's pray this thing plays. Here we go. Good morning. I'm glad you're here. It's good to see all of your faces as we uh, get back from uh, two weeks of leisure, rest, and relaxation. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, one week of the two weeks that I was gone, I spent uh, in, um, at St. Stephen's Camp uh, for our young people. And at St. Stephen's Camp, I don't know if any of you have ever been to St. Stephen's before, but at St. Stephen's Camp, for our young people, there is, uh, there's, there's five sessions a week, and we have 100 kids every week. Uh, at the five sessions and all the sessions are always sold out every time every year uh, before they start it's just what is so whenever you see St. Stephen's Camp open up those of you who have rising sixth graders or rising seniors in your home uh, if you see that the, the that uh, it's it's opened up for registration you better jump on it quick or you're not going to get a spot so that's just I'm going to stop it there because I want to make in the interest of time and I want you to notice this is one of the homilies that we put up. Now, the only thing I record on Sunday morning is the homily. There is some method to my madness behind that. It's a personal pet peeve of mine. I, uh, it, it is not possible to catechize someone with a video or a, or a book or anything like that. They've got to be in church. They've got to be in a community. And so that's one of the things that I want to reinforce over and over again. One of the things that I fell in love with about orthodoxy was this commitment to communion and that you, the Eucharist is the center of our Orthodox faith. So, you're already doing media. Pastors, every week you're preparing a homily. You may not be preparing a good one, but you're preparing one. <laughs> every week you're putting effort into creating a homily. Thou, that work should not be a one-and-out situation. Every homily, every pageant, every event, every retreat, every festival, every fill-in-the-blank, has the potential of being a way for you to share your faith on media. And you ought to assume it. Here's the challenge. And this is what I want, you, I want to get across to you. The challenge is not the technology. This is easy to do. The challenge isn't the money. This is getting cheaper every day of the week. The challenge is the mindset where doing media never even crosses your mind. You don't realize the treasure you already have. You should assume that in every event you have, there is something that you should be recording. There should not be one homily you ever give that isn't recorded. Period, full stop, end of discussion, for one reason and one reason only. You need to listen to that homily so you can become a better speaker. 
I never will forget when I, by the way, I had two years of homiletics training when I was in the Protestant seminary, two, seminary, two, seminar, two semesters at, uh, at Holy Cross. And I taught the two semesters. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. The reality is, homilies are the way for you men to connect with your community and use it to connect with the wider community as well. So this is an important, in fact, let me add this, guys, and ladies and gentlemen. The homily is just as much a part of the divine liturgy as every other part of the divine liturgy. And the reality is that the glorious divine mystery of the Eucharistic life of the church includes the well-prepared and declared and disseminated. It's like the Apostle Paul said, God chose the foolishness of preaching to convert the world, to shame the wisdom of the world, and to draw men and women to Christ. So that public declaration of the Holy Scriptures is our responsibility as clergymen. And preaching well is absolutely necessary, especially in this American culture that is used to... Have you ever seen Steve Jobs? Anybody ever heard of Steve Jobs before? I'm an Apple guy, so I've heard of Steve Jobs all the time. You know one of the most powerful things? Do you know Steve Jobs wasn't a computer engineer? Did you know Steve Jobs didn't have a degree in, uh, in, in how to build computers? You know that, don't you? Do you know what Steve Jobs did? Steve Jobs stood up here with one of these things and was amazing in giving public speaking. That is what your children are used to. That is what they expect from a person that values the value of the message enough to do it well. And when you don't do it well, when that is not something that is normal in your community, you are communicating whether you intend to or not that what you're saying is not nearly as important as what Steve Jobs says. And folks, that's not true. There are literally hundreds of thousands of spiritually hungry Americans who want to be Orthodox right now outside the front door of your churches, right now, wherever you are. If you walk 20 minutes in any direction from, from your front door, you can find five families that want to be Orthodox. And guess what? They tithe. We started by recording the Sunday homilies. All you need to do is an iPad and a stand and a wireless microphone. Please, 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 please make sure your sound and your lighting is good. Now, cameras nowadays can do wonderful things. In fact, if you have an iPad, you already have a TV studio in that iPad. If you look at this holder here, if, I, if you can see it really well, this is called the, uh, the iPad movie mount. We started out creating our homilies on Sunday morning with one of these mounts sitting in the middle of the aisle. The parish council president would set it up, push the button, step away while I did the homily, and then he'd come, push the stop button, and move it out of the way. We've graduated to a better camera now, and it's back in the back now, and it's really great, and it's really wonderful. But the point is, there are ways for you to capture the things that are going on in your community. The only thing we need is for you to switch your mindset to assume you should be doing media. 
We advertise our Sunday school program. Our parish, when I got there in 2010, had 35 families. 30, actually, excuse me, 35 people. This past year, we crossed 120 families, and our building is too small for us. Good problem. Won't last forever. If we don't do something about it, the growth will go away. Always does. And the reality is we did that by assuming we should be present in the community that we're in. We are 65% convert now, but I will tell you this, one of the things that helped us a great deal was the fact that we assumed we should be using media. And so we use social media as well. Every day, like I told you, we use Faith and Courage Daily. Faith and Courage Live is a live uh, hour and a half talk show that I do on Ancient Faith Radio on the second and fourth Sundays of the month. This coming Sunday night, at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'll be, on, uh, I'll be on the radio at ancientfaith.com. I have no idea what the topic is yet. John asked me. I said, huh, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't thought about it yet. Usually I'm ahead of the game, guys, but because of all the things that's been going on, I haven't had a chance to catch up, but I promise you it'll be fun regardless. <laughs> so you're invited to listen. And then also the video outreach tool that some of you have seen already here uh, is the Journey to Fullness. We'll have more to say about that towards the end. But the, but the reality is... We started building this small by assuming media should be a part of our outreach efforts. So start with your website and your email list. You already have people who want to hear what you're doing, so share it with them. <clears throat> a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Your parish website is the front door for your guests. By the way, this is a rule in our community. We do not use the word visitors in our parish. We use only the word guests because we want them to know you're a guest one time. After that, you're family. We assume people that come to our church want to be Orthodox, period. We don't care why they've come there, if it's for a baptism, if it's for a wedding. I've never done a baptism or a wedding yet that I didn't do a homily. Normally. That's just normal because most of the time we have folks that are not orthodox in our community. And the sound of my voice comforts me, so I use it a lot. <laughs> Share your media on your website. If your website isn't able to handle media, your website is too old, please throw it away and do something else. Better yet, if you're not going to do something else, please take it down altogether. We have enough bad church websites out there. Make sure your parish knows about your media. All my folks know that if they want to listen to the, the, the dulcet tones of my voice, all they have to do is sign up for the website, and they can hear stuff all the time. All right. Your parish building is your first impression. How does that building look? Is it clean? Is it ordered? A welcome team is ready at the beginning of every service, no matter what service is going on, whether it's a midweek service. By the way, one of the things that I want to reinforce is orthodoxy shapes men and women's lives through liturgy. And so the way to make Americans orthodox, the way to make your parish orthodox, is to do lots of services. Do services all the time. But Father, nobody will come. I'm in sales, not management. That's not my call. I need to pray. The liturgical life of the church is the perfect way to Christianize every human's life. If you go to Orthros for a year and listen to the hymns of the, of the Orthodox Church in Orthros, you will have a master's degree theological education by the time you're finished. 
We tell everything we believe. We don't hide a thing in the Orthodox Church. Everything we believe is in our hymns and in our prayers. You want to know what we think about Christ or the Theotokos or any of the saints? Listen to our hymns. We tell you everything we believe. We don't hide a thing. And so if you want to Christianize your community, if you want to Christianize your parish, by the way, here's another free one. The greatest youth ministry in the Orthodox Church is not a youth ministry at all. It is a robust, serious, proactive, and demanding adult education program. You want your kids to stay Orthodox? Learn what Orthodoxy is. Because mom and dad, you're never going to give your kids what you yourself don't possess. And if you depend on the church to do it for you, trust me, the school system has them a whole lot more hours than we do. And so that's what's going to shape your, your, your children's mind. Feed them the faith, and they'll keep all the rest of the stuff you so valuable. Try to give them all those other things, and they'll give everything up like they've been doing for the past two decades. Got it? Shape your church by having lots of services. We have divine liturgy on Sundays during the week. We have Wednesday night Vespers followed by adult education every Wednesday night. Saturday, we have great Vespers every Saturday night at 5 o'clock followed by adult education. We have Bible studies in the morning. And we do all kinds of other special services all year round. Go to church if you want to be Orthodox. That's where you'll be shaped. Okay? So a welcome team is trained and ready and have good materials. That's where this welcome packet comes into play. We're going to talk about that in just a second. And then what about your signage in your church building? <clears throat> most of the time, most of us who have been going to the same church building over and over and over again, we know where everything is. But as somebody who's there for the first time, where's the bathroom? By the way, just like Father mentioned uh, earlier, go and look at your woman's bathroom. If it's not beautiful, you're giving away guests. Make sure the ladies' bathroom looks great. Have some really, really foolish stuff and potpourri and just, I don't get any of that stuff. It's not, it's not necessary. In the men's bathroom, just make sure there's nothing laying on the floor. <laughs> but in the ladies' bathroom, make sure it's nice. Put some color in there. Get some flowers in there. Make sure it's beautiful. Make sure there's a... Uh, there's a changing table in both men and women's bathrooms. Do it. You won't die, or maybe you will. By the way, folks, you've got to understand, I am an organizational Darwinist. If something isn't going to be healthy, I'm okay for it dying. That's fine with me. It's okay. It takes resources that we're wasting, pouring it down a rat hole, and giving it to something that's helpful. Don't, don't tell my bishop I said that. Will you? Where do my kids go? Where is the, where's their Sunday school room? Is the Sunday school room clean? Is it safe? Is there enough lighting in there? Are, there? are the toys clean? Or is there green stuff growing on them? Make sure that that's taken care of because, brothers and sisters, that goes for the lawn outside the church as well. Are the windows clean? When you are communicating non-verbally, which is most of our communication, 80% of all of our communication is done non-verbally. When you communicate non-verbally that your church is not as valuable as your home, you communicate both to the folks inside the church and outside the church what's most important to you. If you wouldn't keep your house that way, don't you dare keep your church that way. Got it? Okay. Your first impression for your guests is absolutely important. Brothers and sisters, the reason why this is important and why I'm talking about this in using media is because if you start raising the profile of your parish, people are going to come and see you. 
And one of the greatest challenges that we have in the Orthodox Church is, and one of, frankly, one of my greatest fears of even creating this, this uh, project, A Journey to Fullness. And I had a priest ask me this, Father, what if we get that and people start wanting to become Orthodox? And he wasn't saying that because he didn't want, to pe want people to be Orthodox. He was terrified for converts to come to his church because the person that was selling the candles at the front was mean as a snake. And he said, Father, I don't want that person to be the first thing that a person that wants to convert to the faith sees. And so what does that do? What does that tell you? That tells you that the labor that we must do to be ready to receive these guests into our community and to treat them with proper philanthropy and love is changing the mindset. 99.9% .9 of all this work that we're talking about in this evangelism conference is about changing your mind. Guess what that is? That's an orthodox idea. You ever heard of the word uh, matanya? You ever made a matanya before when you bow down? What does that mean? To change your mind. Of course, it means a great deal more than that. Because once you start changing your attitude and the way you think and your expectations, we're going to talk about the festival here in just a second. We've been using media to share the festival with our, with our wider community. And our 120 family parish has 10,000 plus guests a year. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the whole point is to change your mind. In fact, what I tell my folks is what I'm trying to convince you to do is to become normal orthodox. That's what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you to become normal orthodox. Normal orthodoxy for 20 centuries has been, an, has been a faith that welcomes all people and receives them into their community and makes them Christians, makes them like Jesus Christ. That's normal orthodoxy. Now, many times, many of us, those of us who are lifelong orthodox, we may have never experienced normal orthodoxy. We may have had a hard time. We may have come from a place, and how in the world can you blame it? Orthodoxy came to this country as a refugee movement and an immigrant movement. But did you know that every community, every country that Orthodoxy went to as a missionary movement, that Orthodox Christianity became the normal Christian faith of those people? There are no historical exceptions. Not a one. When orthodoxy comes to a culture as a missionary outreach movement, it Christianizes that culture. Because that's what orthodoxy does. That's how powerful your faith is. That, that is the purpose of your faith. That is the reason for your faith. To create the kingdom of God on earth. What do we pray every time in the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job as the continuation of the mystery of the incarnation of God in the flesh in the earth is meant to share this precious faith with every man, woman, boy, and girl. I had somebody ask me one time, they said, Father, who do you think should be Orthodox? I said, well, I'm, I'm very particular. <laughs> I insist that they breathe in and out. But I may be wrong about that. Every human being that you've ever met in your life wants to be orthodox. They just don't know it yet. It's our job to show them how. Does that make sense? Do you know how terrifying that is, though? By the way, any of you thinking that this change of mind is going to be fun and what, what a wonderful thing? 
<laughs> you goofy, cute people, you. This is going to be tough. This is going to cause conflict. And I know that you don't like conflict. Tough. For those of you who are married, you know better. <laughs> conflict is not bad. Conflict is actually necessary to create deeper communion. In fact, if you don't have conflict, something's wrong. St. Paul told the Corinthians, I understand there are disputes among you. And I'm glad in a way because now we know who's approved by God or not. Conflict reveals human hearts. Conflict reveals where we're sick. Conflict reveals to us, if we have the courage to see it, where we need the gospel applied to us. Conflict is necessary for deep communion. The issue isn't conflict or no conflict. The issue is learning how to do conflict as a Christ-like Orthodox Christian. Conflict is good. It's just got to be handled right. So... Changing this mindset of yours is going to cause conflict, especially around folks who don't want to change their mindset. That's okay. Don't let that stop you. If you let that stop you, then it's the naysayers that have power over the gospel and not you, and that's not right. Does that make sense? Amen. All right, you got a welcome packet. A welcome packet is a beautiful thing. It should be there all the time. If you have your welcome packet, go ahead and get it out and let you look at it. Does anybody have any idea what kind of time I have? Am I running out? Half an hour. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> I don't, listen, listen, I'm the last show of the day, guys, okay? And I know, I know, you know, the old preacher one time told me, he said, son, the mind can only conceive what the seat can endure, and I want to try to keep that in mind. <laughs> Molly's not a problem. Howdy, sir. The bishop says 40 minutes, it's 40 minutes. You can judge, if I have to hair lip every cow in Texas, it's 40 minutes. It should be small enough to fit into a woman's purse. Why? Because if it's not convenient and easy to handle, it will be ignored. Just like your website. If it's not convenient and easy to handle, it will be ignored. Next, it should be attractive and memorable. Inside, there's a personal greeting from the priest. All the information a family would need to connect. Look inside. Looks kind of nice. It's nice to have a. Uh, it's nice to have a um, a printer that that goes to your church. That's kind of nice. Signal me. I did. I wasted it. Wait, wait a second. That shouldn't be blank. I got to do better than that. All right. We'll fix that next year. I mean, it's promise. And then there are ministry connections in there. Make it easy and clear how to get involved. Here's the mindset change. Are you ready? This is what I want you to do. Instead of thinking, what's that person doing here? Who are they related to? Where'd they come from? Are they here to check me out? Assume. This is the first thought in your mind when a guest comes to your parish. I wonder if they want to be Orthodox. That's the first thing in your mind. Uh, Father, uh, I can't remember, Father Theodore, if it was you or, or Father Evan that was talking about, this is a wonderful thing about a welcome team ministry. Our welcome team ministry is trained just like Father was talking about. They are trained to give a liturgy book to the guest, give them the welcome card that we collect information on. By the way, we'll talk about that in just a second. <clears throat> and they are trained to sit with them in the divine liturgy and help them follow along. I don't know if you've ever... Those of you who are lifelong Orthodox, this is a normal thing for you. But for those of us who have never seen an Orthodox worship service... 
I remember my very first time in an Orthodox worship service. This is the first liturgical service I'd ever been to in my life. It was an Orthodox church talking about being thrown in the deep end. I walked in there and all of a sudden, we must have got there at Orthodox because hardly anybody was there. <coughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong, I understand. It's hard for you to do the right thing on Sundays when you're always on time at your work every day, but far be it for me for me to suggest that you should treat God that way. <laughs> I know that's crazy. <coughs> but when they walk in, when I walked in this first service, I was looking around, man, there's pictures all over the wall, up on the ceiling. It was every, every place it was covered, there's pictures everywhere. What did I look at first? There's this big old picture of Jesus in there, and then I had a big picture of Mary with her hands out like this, up front. And there was a wall, and a guy comes out of there, dressed funny with a chain with a bowl at the end of it, had smoke coming out of it, shaking it at things. <laughs> what was that? It smelled nice, but what, what's, what's that boy doing? It had bells on it too. That's like he was trying to draw attention to himself, for heaven's sake. Now, to be honest, I'd been doing a lot of reading, so I kind of figured out something was going on here important, but there was something that struck me about halfway through him sensing the temple. You see, one of the greatest gifts that my evangelical Protestant uh, world gave me was a love for the Holy Scriptures and memorizing the Holy Scriptures, and in my heart was ringing. As that deacon began to fill the house up with smoke, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Finally, somebody was giving me the scriptures not to just read, but to see. And I was caught. Somebody asked me, how in the world did you become Orthodox from being a Pentecostal preacher? I tell them, real simple, I fell in love. Not with a girl, that came later. <laughs> I fell in love with the unbelievable reality that normal Christianity was meant to be beautiful and all-encompassing. Men and women, thousands of people around your churches in every town where your parishes are, are starving to death what you've taken for granted for your whole life. And I tell people every time I do a presentation in different places, those of you who have been blessed to be lifelong Orthodox, if you only knew how I would trade places with you in a second to be able to have this treasure my whole life. It was in my 40s before I discovered the faith. But I thank God that the Holy Spirit loved me enough to bring me home to glorious, perfect, beautiful orthodoxy. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's it. Now I want you to pull out your welcome card. Look at that. Pull out your welcome card and look at it. Eminence, we made the same mistake with this page, too. We left that one blank. That's two of them. That's a mistake. I, I'll fix it, brother. I promise. Look at this. I want you to look at this card. Now, brothers and sisters, many guests will be intimidated by filling this out, okay? Help them. One of the purposes of the welcome team is to help them fill out as much as they would like. 
Name, address, city, phone, and email address. We collect all of that information as much as we can because we have a, we have a system that we put these cards through. And then would you like to be contacted by Father Barnabas? We didn't leave an option for no to any of those. Did you notice that? <laughs> That's on purpose. Would you like to be added to our mailing list? Would you like to receive our email newsletter? Yes. And then we tell them how to, get in, how, to use, how to get in touch with the media that we produce. You see that? And then we, have, then we have a system that we follow to correct them. Now I want you to notice this next statistic. Other events that you're going to have guests. Think about it. Times where non-Orthodox come to your church for a service uh, or an event. I want you to think about it. Every time you have a guest, you must be ready to welcome your guests. Period. Full stop. End of discussion. There is not an event that if your church is unlocked, you need to be ready for guests. And that's the way your welcome team needs to be trained. You need to be ready for guests because if you don't have a plan to welcome them, they will not come back. The follow-up plan. Look at this. Your church guest retention rate is highest when you follow up with guests within 48 hours of their initial contact to your parish. 48 hours. You've got two days. When our welcome team receives a card filled out, we have thank you postcards at our, at the, in our narthex that they will take. They're already pre-stamped. The welcome team takes the information from the card, puts it on the thank you postcard, and puts it in the mail before they leave the church. Now, you say, oh, but Father, that's a lot of trouble. Well, it's only a lot of trouble if your mindset isn't, hey, these folks may want to be Orthodox. It's only a lot of trouble if your mindset has not been shifted from being insular to being evangelistic. That's the only time it's a lot of trouble. If your mindset is to be evangelistic, this is normal. Got it? Next, collect the guest cards and enter into the database no later than Monday because there's more work to do. Father Barnabas will send a personal letter from the priest that's mailed on Tuesday. This is a form letter, guys. I do sign them all so that the ink doesn't look like some kind of printed, printed signature. I do sign them all. And if I have a guess that it was, was somebody that I knew particularly, I'll write a little note on, there, on, on them <clears throat> and they'll get that. But that goes out on Tuesday. Then the parish council president sends a letter, a form letter on that Tuesday as well. A phone call or an email is made by the priest on Wednesday to every guest. And an invitation by phone, letter, or email to return is sent out on Thursday. Usually this is an invitation to another event at your community. If you have a Wednesday night dinner, if you have a special event coming up soon, if you have a festival coming up, you invite them to the next event that you want them to come, not necessarily back to the service. A second thank you, thank you letter is sent the following week. We are grateful for your visit. We do not ask them for anything else except to thank them. We are grateful that they came. Now, you say that's a, lot of that's a lot of contact, but I want you to look at this. Did it go? Come on. Come up. There we are. The average American needs at least seven touches. Actually, I prefer 12, but we haven't got there yet. The average American needs to have at least seven touches before they begin the process of connection. 
And the reason why is because of the multitude of information that is being poured out into your ears every day. There's a lot of noise out there. If your parish doesn't break the noise barrier, you're not going to be noticed by your guests. Okay? So, look at him. Boy, that's a good-looking dancer right there. <clears throat> what about the festival? Our church tours during the festival is the source of over 90% of our new families and converts. Nine out of ten of our new families and converts in our parish come because of our festival. The reason why? That's the main event. The dancing is nice. My girls both put up their costumes and they do the dancing and they practice and they, like, they were practicing before I left to get ready for dancing. That's wonderful and they got the little costumes and it's beautiful and it's great. And I always take pictures. I even get out there and do a little dance myself. Not very well, by the way. Uh, they tried to teach me how to dance for my wedding. I married a lovely uh, Greek girl. Uh, and uh, uh, after I converted, my spiritual father said, Now listen, you can't marry another convert. You've got to marry a Greek girl. And he's a convert. And I said, Father, of course I'll do what you tell me, but can you tell me why? He said, Sure. Because she will know in her bones what you just know with your head. And you'll be able to explain to her why she does what she does. <laughs> But here's the money quote, folks. He looked at me sternly in the face and he said, Brother Barnabas, these two worlds will not survive apart. And he was right. This is because we've transitioned the purpose of the festival to outreach and not fundraising. Now, that doesn't mean we don't make any money. We make good money. Thanks be to God. But we're lousy. Listen. Every church you know is a lousy restaurant, if they're really a church. No, no, no. They are meant to be a church. If you've got good cooks, and we have good cooks, folks. All of our stuff is made fresh. It's October 14, 15, and 16. If you flew from Portland to Atlanta, you would, it would be worth it for you to come to this festival. It's fantastic. <laughs> Homemade galakambutico, I'm telling you, it'll make your tongue beat your head to death trying to get to it. There you go, brother, come on. But every worker at our festival knows at the center of their thinking, the purpose of this festival is outreach. Every cashier asks a question of every customer. Have you taken the church tour? Every worker around when they greet guests at the front, don't forget the church tour. Every person knows, every member of the parish knows that the purpose of the festival is to invite men and women to become Orthodox because we assume all 10,000 want to be Orthodox. We assume that, that they want to be Orthodox. Now, sometimes we're wrong, but I like my track record so far. Church tours is outreach. We assume every person who comes to the festival will take the church tour. The church tour is the center of the festival. The church tour is the reason we have the festival. The church tour is treated like the central part of the festival. In fact, I had a TV crew that came and wanted to talk about how fun everything was and how this wonderful a family thing. I said, oh yes, but the church tour is the real reason why, and they refused to air the spot. They sure did. They refused to air the spot. Because I said the church tour was the reason why. 
not the fun and games. Because, brothers and sisters, like I tell every church tour, if you want to know why all that stuff out there is wonderful, is because of all the stuff in here. All the food tastes better because of the orthodox theology inside. All the joy, all the smiles, all the hospitality, all of that is a direct result of orthodox theology. What goes on in here is the reason why that, what, what's happening out there is so much fun. If you like a Greek festival, it's because of orthodoxy, folks. Not because of Zeus, not because of Athena. It's because of orthodoxy. Orthodoxy creates life, real life. So if you want to know why Greek festivals are so much fun, go inside the church and you'll find the reason why. The tours are announced and all the volunteers are trained to ask, have you taken the festival? We send a small gift to every person who takes our church tour. We start an intro to orthodoxy class the week after the festival. Again, the mindset is our festival is for outreach. We assume the people who are exposed to orthodoxy want to learn more. And so far, we've been right. <clears throat> this intentional focus of our festival has revitalized our people to see outreach as the purpose for our annual festival. Every tour ends with an invitation to fill out this thank you form. We collect name, address, and email, and then there's a box on there that says, I'm interested in learning more about orthodoxy. Guess what? The week after the festival, they get an invitation from me to attend the intro to orthodoxy class. Ain't that cool? <laughs> yes, the gift, oh, the gift is real small. The gift is a small magnet that looks just like this, except it has the church times. Well, there's the, here's the magnet right here. That is the magnet right there. Yes, sir. How many church tours do you do in a weekend? Uh, on the weekend, I do a tour every, every, every hour on the half hour during the festival. And it's usually me and two other guys. So you split it up. I, I do split it up because, uh, but I will tell you this, I also, uh, I also schedule specific lectures every day, at least twice a day, where, I, where that's, that's the big presentation that we encourage people to be a part of. And it's usually, you know, what's the difference between orthodoxy and Protestantism? Uh, what's the difference between orthodoxy and the Southern Baptist Church? All those kinds of things, okay? So we do that every week. But there's the magnet right there that goes on the refrigerator that reminds them of us. It's really small, very simple, okay? So everybody that gets that, and we encourage them to fill that out. Some folks do, some folks don't. We trust that the Holy Spirit knows who needs to do this. So we've also... Since we do this intro to orthodoxy class, we have just, we have just produced a 16-part video series called A Journey to Fullness. <clears throat> this grew out of our experience with doing intro to orthodoxy classes after our festival. And having priest friends of mine saying, you know, Father, I wish we had a tool to help us kind of get into this. I mean, that's not, that's not really my forte. It's not really my gift. And that's cool, folks. Uh, listen, there's, they don't need to be more than one or two Father Barnabases on the planet, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is more than enough for anybody. <clears throat> so everybody doesn't have the same gifts, and that's cool. But it is helpful if you have a tool that has been designed specifically to introduce the Orthodox faith, something that the vast majority of Americans know little to nothing about. 
The only reason his eminence asked if, they were, if we worship Zeus is because people don't know about the Orthodox faith. And that's not good. You see the mindset shift there? We shouldn't be hid. Being hid is bad. Stop it. Stop it. Put a good sign on the road. Light it up. I went to one church, had this across from a university. I did a, I did a presentation at this one church across from a university. They were, they, the church was literally across the street from a university. They had this huge bare spot on their building. <clears throat> their sign, I found out they had a sign. I didn't know that for a few days, but somebody had to take me out and actually show me where it was, and it was behind some weeds. It looked like it was down there. Just break the, well, you couldn't hardly see it. You certainly couldn't make out what the words were. That was just too much. I said, guys. You got this huge canvas up here. Put the name of the church on there. And they did. <laughs> kind of scary, but they did it. Show up in your community. And doing this, in fact, I'm going I'm to show this here in just a second. I'll show you a little clip. The video series is 16 parts. Here's some of the titles. Is this trip really necessary? What is the Orthodox Church? When did the Orthodox Church begin? Characteristics of Orthodox Christianity. Mindset matters, a healing purpose, truth and tradition, how do I understand the Bible? And then there are eight more besides that. The workbook is a beautiful workbook that uh, Ancient Faith Ministries partnered with us to create. And it, is, it goes along with all of the videos on there. The videos are 20 minutes long. They're 15 minutes of teaching with a, with five, with a, a minute intro and a four-minute question and answer to spur on questions in your group when you set it up. The book follows along with all 16 uh, videos, and it has questions in there where people work and get the, get the information and start interacting with the information. There's also a glossary. By the way, did you know that most Americans don't know what an epithrachele is? Amazing. How is that possible? A buddy of mine didn't know what a tropare was. I looked at him and said, ain't you got no learning, boy? There's a glossary back there, and then there's a list of further information. By the way, fathers, look at me in the face. This is not a catechism. You can't catechize somebody with videos in a book. You can't do it. They've got to interact with you. In fact, it is a rule in my parish that everyone who wants to convert to the faith or is thinking about converting to the faith must take this class first. Then at the end of that class, if they want to be received as a catechumen, they can ask to be received as a catechumen, but they got to take this class first. And I had one lady ask me, she said, well, Father, how long am I going to be a catechumen? And I looked at her and I said, I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Stick around. <laughs> we call our people the faithful. I guess when you're the faithful, you're the faithful. But if you're never faithful, I'm sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> <clears throat> We, by the way, folks, we don't tease when we use words. In orthodoxy, we mean what we say. You can't be faithful unless you're faithful. You got that? You can't be faithful unless you're faithful. If you're not faithful, you're not the faithful. Amen. Amen. Take that home with you. Yet, but, Father, that bothers me. Good. It ought to bother you. Old preacher one time told me, he said, Son, your job is to, to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. 
And I sincerely hope that's what I'm doing here today. You can't be faithful if you're not faithful. If you're not faithful, you're not the faithful. I didn't mean to be mad. <laughs> By the way, we got these. We've only got a few sets back here. We brought them specifically. By the way, at this conference, this premieres this tool. We've been talking about it for several. In fact, this took, it took me a year and a half to produce. We used a professional. Listen, guys. Somebody said, Father Barnabas, you, you've spent a lot of money on this. We did. I spent a lot of money that I raised myself through Faith and Courage Ministries to create this product. And they said, well, Father, this is going to be the best thing the Orthodox have ever done. I said, oh, my God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope it's not that. I want this to be as good as anything any, anybody's done. I don't want it to be just as good as what the Orthodox done because we haven't used media very well in this country. So this is a nice product. It is professionally produced by a professional production company. Unfortunately, it has me in it, so they can't put enough makeup on to fix that, folks. That's just what is. But at least, you know, most of the, most of the time you can't see the bald spot, which is nice. But... Uh, but <clears throat> This is, a, this is a powerful tool for your community to start being proactive about people who come to your church. By the way, how many of you know that 80% of the marriages that, that are performed in the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese are performed between a Greek Orthodox Christian and a non-Orthodox Christian? Did you know that that's, it's 80%? In Florida, it's close to 97%. That means that at your parish, if you ever do marriages, they're going down, by the way, God help us. If you ever do marriages, the chances are you've got a non-Orthodox Christian that needs to have this as part of their preparation to marry in the church. Katalavite. Those of you who speak Greek, you know what I mean. Those of you who don't speak Greek, do the work. Anyway, uh, <coughs> listen, I spent a lot of money learning this language. I was 47 years old before I ever picked up a book to learn Greek, the Greek language. And then they made me learn three kinds of Greek. <laughs> it wasn't good enough for me to just learn modern Greek. No, I had to learn biblical Greek, New Testament Greek, and then liturgical Greek. And you Greeks change your verb tenses every five seconds, it seems like. Some of them disappeared altogether. That's the reason why I was... I told one fellow one time, he got upset with me. He said, Father, why aren't you using more Greek in the service? I said, I'll tell you what. I'll start reading this passage, and you tell me when you can understand what I'm saying. Father, I don't know what that means. He was from Greece. I said, that's New Testament Greek. That's the language that the liturgy's in. You don't understand it? No, but it makes me feel good. Oh, well. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with feeling good. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. Anyway, so the video, uh, the video series comes from the, with a helpful workbook. You can learn more at journeytofullness.org if you want to do that. Also, faithencourage.org is another place you can get some more information. Uh, I'm wrapping up the presentation here. We're going to take questions, but I want you to listen to this quote from Metropolitan Callistus Ware. If we really believe orthodoxy to be the true Catholic faith, See, that's the issue right there, folks. You sing it every week at the Divine Liturgy. You say, we have seen the light, the true light. Now, maybe you're teasing me. But you say it every week, every Divine Liturgy. We have seen the light, the true light. We have received the heavenly spirit. Really? We have found the... True faith. What? True faith. true faith. True faith? Well, 
Why, that makes me uncomfortable as a modern American man. What do you mean, the true faith? You mean that that means my faith may not be true? Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. We have found the true faith, worshiping the undivided trinity. Who has... Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want, honey? Don't you want your babies that way too? Yes? What about your neighbor? Do you love your neighbor enough to want them to be saved? Well, do you? Then we should not cut ourselves off from the non-Orthodox majority around us. But as a duty and privilege, we should share our Orthodox faith with others. My angels, I'm grateful to God for you. And I have really tried my best to be entertaining and fun and put a smile on your face. But I do that to disarm you. Everything that I do, I do on purpose. It's not, it's not an act. It's not a show. I've found through the years that I'm, I have some effectiveness in doing this kind of work. And I do it on purpose to disarm you a little bit, to drop into your hearts information that if you don't get them, you're going to pass from this life unprepared to stand before the awesome judgment seat of Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That's, it's yes, sir. <laughs> Just like my kids. It's yes, sir. It's yes, father. It's what it is. I'm not teasing. I'm not playing with you. I'm not, I'm not trying to cut up. I'm telling you the truth. You don't get this information. You're going to step into eternity unprepared to enjoy God forever. And you're going to, you're going to encounter the light of God and call it hell. And if you think I'm teasing, try me. And after eternity, come see me. <laughs> I'm not playing with you. There's folks that are dying. Let me tell you something. Look at me in the face. Why in heaven's name should a group of people hear this faith over and over and over again for 20 centuries when my mama's never heard it once? Now defend yourself for staying hid. My tribe wants to be orthodox. And there's more of us than there are of you. And it's your responsibility to reach them. And if you don't, there's going to be some explaining to do. I want to encourage you. The use of media gives you an opportunity to show up and be serious and proactive about what you already say you believe. Start small. Record what you're already doing and then show up in the world. Assume the people around you are hungry for what you have had your whole life. And then do something about it. Our precious hierarchs are here encouraging us to continue the apostolic work that they embody with their wisdom and their love for us. And they call us as their spiritual children to step up to the plate and be the men and women that God has called us to be and be orthodox on purpose, not just by the happy accident of our birth. 
and then dare to value that faith more than I value my comfort, more than I value my career, more than I value my very life. Value the faith that much and everything else in your life will find its spot. That's what you're being offered here today. I hope you say yes. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, we got questions here. I guess we'll go ahead. So you go ahead and do it, Father. Uh, my name is uh, Ted Pappas. I'm a parishioner of the Holy Trinity uh, Church here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, <clears throat> and. Uh, First of all, I'd like to thank all the fathers for uh, informing us, inspiring us uh, on their lectures. And uh, I can only say at this point that my $50 is worth spending it. And I don't know, I don't know Father Barnabas, if that equates to $175,000 you spend on the seminary. <laughs> but, but, it's close enough, but it's a good start. <laughs> Uh, I am every single one of us taking a special journey in our lives, and so am I. And uh, representing the Holy Trinity uh, on myself here and some others, uh, I can tell you that uh, during this journey that uh, that I have taken personally, and uh, in, in the struggles to to grow into Orthodoxy. Uh, I have a question for you since you are uh, from a Pentecostal Protestant background. Uh, looking the uh, numbers and the, you know, all the other Christendom, uh, by preaching what I would call, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, heretical views, uh, whether it is the uh, faith alone right. or whether is um, the prosperity of Gospels, as you very well know. Right. <clears throat> uh, as, as an Orthodox Christian, uh, and, and, and looking at the popularity of these, these, these other uh, uh, so-called churches, and I will mention names like uh, Joe Olstein uh, and some others as you... Knew him, when, knew him the, when he was running his daddy's camera in his TV ministry down there in Texas. Yeah. More about this talk. Right. Uh, Good hair. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think the position of the uh, orthodoxy hierarchy should be uh, uh, in an in, in apologetical type of, of, of ministry on, on, on those. It's, it's a good question. I would, never, uh, uh, I would never presume to speak for his eminence or his grace, but I will say this. For me, the best answer for... But you, here's two things. First, first thing, never, never be upset with people doing the best they can with what they got. They've never heard from us. They don't know there's another option out there. For years, when I was, I mean, when I was out of gas as a Pentecostal, I thought I was going to have to become a Buddhist or something. I didn't know. I didn't know about orthodoxy. First time I came across orthodoxy was in a book. Me and my best friend were reading it, and I looked over at Rod. I said, Rod, have you ever seen any of these orthodox people? I think they got something going on here. He said, no. I said, well, I wonder if they made it. Maybe they didn't survive. Maybe we have to restart it. 
I mean, y'all didn't come get us, for heaven's sake. We were just out there floundering and doing the best we could. So that's the, that's the situation for the vast majority of Americans. The greatest ministry for America is for an orthodox population to be proactive and know their faith well. Don't have, you don't have to study other people's faiths. If you study your own faith, by the way, I'm a former police officer. I know that shocks you. In my 20s, I was a police officer. Do you know how they trained me to spot a counterfeit dollar bill? A counter, usually a counterfeit hundred. You know how I trained to, learn, to, to spot a counterfeit dollar bill? I studied the original. I studied the original till I knew the original back and forth. And when a, when a counterfeit was put in front of me, it just felt wrong. I couldn't necessarily say where the mistake was. And so if you study the original, you'll be ready to answer when the fake comes along. Study, study, study the original. Be orthodox on purpose. Don't think it's just something that you're going to catch like a cold. Get out there and learn your faith. Be orthodox on purpose. Yes, Father, go ahead. Kenny Scott from Prescott, Arizona. Closer, there you go. Kenny Scott from Prescott, Arizona. Could you give me an example of what your week is like on your, your Facebook posts for your church? Like how many like postings you do? Uh, say, say it again. Get, get an idea of what my week is like. What's your, your weekly Facebook Oh, yeah, Facebook stuff. Facebook stuff. If you're going to have a Facebook presence, here's the thing. You need to to post a lot. If your church has a Facebook page, post a lot. Two or three times a week is not nearly enough. So you need to be posting about, but then that, that assumes you got something to post. Our Sunday school teachers, our events that are coming up, our Wednesday night dinners. We have a family game night once a month. Hoot. It's a hoot. We record some of it. Just folks playing games. All we do is play games. It's after Vespers. And we get together and we play games. And we have family night. It's wonderful. So that's a, that's a thing that you post on there. My week starts. Monday is my day off. I only work four hours that day. <coughs> I post Sunday's homily that goes on ancientfaith.com and also YouTube. If you want to know more about the, 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 the YouTube post, all you have to do is look up Father Barnabas Powell and, and, uh, and you'll see all 162 ser- sermons if you want. Uh, and you can see that stuff. So um, that's there. So I post the, uh, the homilies. Uh, the daily devotionals are written ahead of time and recorded ahead of time. John and his team put them up for me at Ancient Faith and also faithencourage.org. Uh, and then, uh, then the, the second and fourth Sundays, we have the live show. So it's a very active proactive plan uh, of posting and being present. But I will tell you this, make sure it's a multiple platforms because Facebook is, is getting older. What I mean by that, the demographic is turning older. Chat, Snapchat is going to be towards a younger generation. And then there's even something even more, uh, getting more uh, uh, lively is Lively as well. I don't know if you've heard of Lively or Musical.ly, that the kids will post uh, video, music videos of themselves and so, um, you know, goofy guy I am, I posted a music video of me uh, uh, inviting people to come to church. I know it's dumb, but it works. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. Just be proactive. Stay, stay on top of it. Listen, a lot of you priests already are you're working so much you can't stand it. You're working 60 and 80 hours a day. You need to find somebody in your parish that can help you be the head of this ministry. Kala, you got it? That's important. Next. Hi, Leanne Hieronymus from Holy Trinity. I think I mentioned that. God bless I you. recognized you by your voice first, and then I saw your face. Just a quick and question. And that ruined it right there. From AFR. Oh, no. 
So you were talking, I love that you call people visitors and not, or guests, guests and not visitors. I don't have visitors. Visitors may not come back. Guests or family. And so they're filling out this form that you showed us in the book, but are you also having them sign in and are you greeting them within the, the never. service? Okay. I never. Um, uh, this is an old, uh, and I, I will tell you this, guys. My years uh, of being in the Protestant world and in church growth plans and seminars, one of the things that they said, and I kind of buy into it, is that a guest, uh, especially a guest that is not familiar with orthodoxy, wants to stay anonymous in the wide group. They don't necessarily want to have uh, attention drawn to them. So I don't do it. Now, I know some folks do, and they ask permission, and I think that's really great. If it works for you, bravo, wonderful. But for us, we don't. We, uh, we let the guests stay anonymous. I will tell you this. Well, I'll tell you what we do is we have a table and, and coffee hour that has a sign on it that says, Father Barnabas wants to meet you if you're a guest. And after I finish uh, in the altar, I go to that table and sit there, and the guests come, and we're able to talk and visit and spend some time together. Never we'll forget, I had one family say, Father, how is it that we're getting this special attention? I said, because you're our guest. And we're grateful that you're here. And we assume you're going to become Orthodox. <laughs> you know, it is amazing what you can get away with if people think you're kidding. <laughs> All right, last question. And you can... Father Barnabas, it's Father Aaron, uh, second priest that newly assigned assistant priest. At and my Anthony. former classmate, ladies and gentlemen. He's a plant. I'd said it. Oh, no, it's not true. <laughs> so, um, my, I'm, I'm in, at St. Athanasius Greek Orthodox Church, the assistant priest uh, in, in Arlington, Massachusetts. And um, I will be honest with you, I was hoping to learn more about how to use, not in detail, but a little bit about how we would use, apply Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat in our sort of the, the publicity for our parishes. Sure. My son laughs at me when I tell him, well, I don't want to just use Facebook. I know people, you know, your generation is on Snapchat. And he says, how are you going to communicate with my generation on Snapchat? You have to have, and then he goes into esoteric details that I don't understand. Right. But <laughs> I'd like to learn about okay, uh, Two things. Two things, Father. Two things, Father. Uh, I, autumn, I produce a lot of media, okay? I produce a lot of media. So my uh, Snapchat... Uh, Facebook, Instagram stuff is all through WordPress.com. That's through where my where my uh, blog is. So I do a Monday through Friday blog. So I'm doing a lot of stuff already. Uh, and so you've just got to produce. For instance, your uh, every how many of you have church programs or or you call them bulletins? I think that's so cute. Uh, <laughs> kind of goofy for me, but I'm I don't know if anybody's had a bulletin lately. But it's bulletin flash, Mr. and Mrs. American, all the across the sea. We have a church program. <laughs> Folks, don't you know that your language communicates who you are to guests? You understand? So in our bulletin, and your, your guests are looking at you like, what's a, what's a is it going to rain? Is, it, is, it, is there a hurricane uh, notice or something? Do you see what I'm saying? And you've never thought about that, have you? Your mindset has to change. Your church program has tons of announcements. Things are going on. Food kitchen stuff. That's the stuff you put on Twitter. 
preferably with a picture or a video even better. After you can but listen, I would use multiple platforms. Those things. Do you know that human knowledge is 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 doubling once every six years now? Do you understand that? There, there's scientists talk about uh, coming to a singularity where where we just where we we can't tell the difference between humans and machines. I don't believe it'll ever get to that point. But of course, I didn't believe they'd do cloning either. But they're doing it. So the reality is, this stuff is fluid. You have to stay on top of it. You have to read. I told the guys in the, parish, in, the, uh, in the preaching class that I taught at school, I said, guys, you need to get uh, subscriptions to People Magazine, to the New York Times, and you need to read. And so the first, my, my first job at 5.30 in the morning is to read the publications for that day. That's what I do. That's how I start my day. Then I get the girls up and get them ready for school, blah, blah, blah. But the point is I read every day. Every day you read. Keep up with what's going on. Okay? Does that help? You've, got to, you've already got the stuff, Aaron. All you have to do is start pushing it out there. Okay? Go. We could go on and on and on and on. And there's so much more to share and more to ask. And we thank you, Father Barnabas, Father Evan, Father Luke, Father James, for your eminence, for grace.